As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. With home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. There's the traditional way, where you wait weeks for a technician to do messy installation that costs a small fortune, or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection, two-time winner of the CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbell alerts, doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. You barely notice it's there, but what's truly remarkable is you can set up this system all by yourself. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour tops, and there's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24-7. And it's only 50 cents a day with zero contracts. It's why The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security system. Go to simplysafe.com/team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. Use the promo code TEAM, T E A M. You've got nothing to lose. So go now and be sure to go to simplysafe.com/team. That's simplysafe.com/team. Boys, it's Jeremy W. Miller. Neal the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he banked it in. He banked it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, nine rebounds, six oh. assists from Jay. Oh, oh what the block. chicken. Double time. Miles Turner. Yeah. Welcome to the NBA, my friend. Turner sets the screen. Oh, 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 no. oh no. right Don't let him throw it down like that. Victor on the deep phone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. Welcome <laughs> to episode 80. I'm keeping that in there of the Born Ready to Pod Podcast. My name's Chris Cook. The guy that you hear hacking in the background, hopefully with no coronavirus issues, is Eric Hawk. And then also, we have a special guest on the show today. A man who's only been on three episodes since the month of August. Once again, anytime you're on this show, I'm going to make you reintroduce yourself because you're a lazy bum. So, go ahead. Well, hi guys. Um, this is Jake Light back again. Uh, just uh, just going to make a quick appearance. Uh, actually, I'll probably be back on a lot more now since I have nothing going on in life. So you guys will get to hear my great takes and uh, can't wait to be made fun of constantly. What do you think about that, Hawk? How's it, how's it feel like to you to have a guy like him back at the show? I couldn't hear anything because my dog was going crazy for a second. So it what? feels great to have Jake back on. Um, we missed you, Jake. It's, it's always good to have you around. I know Chris has those same sentiments. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to say, I just want to say, Hawk, your voice sounds like a little seductive right now. So it's well, a really in a good way or a bad way. Yeah, in a, in a very good way. In a very good way. You're lucky I'm not over there right now. That's all. Unzip the fans because we're gonna be here a while. <laughs> so Hawk, I want to ask you. You've you've traveled across the world here over the past week. Um, you've been exposed to multiple cases of the coronavirus, even though you're not feeling any symptoms. So tell us how it feels to have the coronavirus uh, and not know about it. I mean, it's weird, man. I'm just sitting here in my room surrounded by just a mountain of toilet paper. And, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm just kind of contemplating what, what's the next move. Is, is a lockdown coming? Am I just going to have to eat stale frozen pizzas all day and, and just – sit and look at my toilet paper or am I going to get back out there at some point? So I, I took a little trip to Georgia as we were going down there. The whole world was falling apart. It was Wednesday night into Thursday morning. We got there and we had to fight for our right to party. We kept the party going. 
you know, if it was this weekend, it probably would all have been canceled, shut down. But it was the last hoorah. And now we drove back Sunday morning and gotten Monday. And it's a whole new world out here. And it's, it feels different. And uh, it's, I'm getting stir crazy. What about you guys? I mean, I, I'm getting stir crazy, but I have like ADD. Like I had to like create this like schedule. I'm a very schedule oriented person. And uh, so I pretty much wake up. I have my coffee. Um, I immediately get on Star Wars The Fallen Order and just start playing. Um, I usually do that for about an hour and then uh, just kind of read a book and then, you know, wash, rinse, repeat all day and uh, answer some emails here and there. But it pretty much just sucks. I mean, Cook, what about you? I know you have to work, which is kind of weird, but go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, I haven't actually announced this on the show yet, but I am having a a kid this year. So uh, kids do in August. So... Um, and I had a test last week for work, which I passed. So that was taking up the majority of my time. But now everything's focused on work and doing things for the kid, which is what I'm going to do after this episode. I have some uh, some stuff I got to do in the nursery. So, yeah, some very boring future parenting kind of stuff, you know. Uh, yeah, I'm, what a year like, I'm pumped for you. What was that, Hawk? Said, so what a year to bring a kid into the world, huh? Yeah, I, I've I've already made the statement that I'm just glad it hasn't happened at this point because you see all these assholes who go and they they can't get their hands on toilet paper. So what are they going for next? They're going for baby wipes, and they don't have any kids or anything like it that ho- at home. So they're just hoarding the baby wipes at their house. The thing that this this whole virus, and we'll get into sports here in a minute, but obviously this is a hot topic. The thing that this virus is has really shown me and, and taught us over the long way is just how dumb people in this world are. Um, when you go to the stores, there's plenty of food on the shelves and everything like that, but the one thing you can't get your hands on is a roll of toilet paper. And I, I just don't understand when, when shit hits the fan how your 80 rolls of toilet paper are going to save you. Or do they plan on eating them if they can't go to the grocery store? I, I just don't get it. Like, There's plenty of ways and stu- substitute ways I could wipe my ass if I was forced to do so. I mean, I could, you could spray it, spritz it with water. I know that's the popular thing overseas. I mean, you got socks. You, everybody's got old sock drawer where the, you know, they could you know, sacrifice some socks. So I, I don't get the whole toilet paper thing. Um, and it really just, quite frankly, it, I'm disappointed in this world right now just by the stu- mere stupidity going on from folks uh, when I go into the grocery store. Yeah, it leaves on the ground. There's a lot of alternatives, and that just seems to be the one thing that nobody can get their hands on. I went to the grocery twice. I couldn't find bread, and they were running low on a lot of things, honestly, but the lines were too bad, but I only think it's going to get worse. Yeah, it's definitely going to get worse. But now every time I go into the bathroom and I need to use the toilet paper, it feels like because, I mean, it's totally irrational. Like Chris said, it's irrational. But now I feel like every time I use a piece of toilet paper, it's like I'm playing like hangman and I guess a letter wrong and I just like cross it off. And like I'm slowly hanging myself because I'm just one of those people that uses a lot of toilet paper. And now I'm like thinking about it and it's the worst feeling in the world. The alternative for me right now is, and a lot of times during the week, I'm getting my number twos out, you know, at work. So right now I'm using the employer's uh, toilet paper, so that's a good thing, not having to use most of them at home. But um, and on their dime, because they're paying you to take a dump. Yeah, pretty much. So that's that's pretty much my my update there uh, on the stupidity in this world surrounding some of the dumb things we're doing. But anyways. Let's get into some sports talk here. First, I've got a, I've got dual monitors. I'm actually recording here in my office, which is pretty sweet. So I got dual monitors on things I want to talk about here today. First thing is first, uh, we talk mostly focus on basketball. So let's talk about the NBA. Last week's season got suspended. The Pacers were currently the fifth seed at the time that it was suspended. Uh, obviously, now there's talks that it's going to be at least delayed. through april and now with all the news coming out there's a chance it could be much longer than that they're even talking about re or not restarting but rejoining the season again in the middle of june so do you foresee the nba even coming back this year do you think it's over i will start with this i think it's going to come back and i think they're just going to do the playoffs and i don't know i there's no way they maybe they do a couple regular season games but 
I don't think the eighth seed was close necessarily in either division, was it? So right now you got, and that brings me to my point, and I'll mention it after you guys answer this question. Right now there's, in the Eastern Conference, there's a five-and-a-half game difference between the eight and nine seed. The Western Conference is where, so the East I think is fine. The West is where things get iffy, uh, you, but still there's quite a bit of a difference there between Portland and Memphis. You have a three-and-a-half game difference there. So there is a little bit of a difference there. So I could definitely see them just saying this is how the playoff seeding goes and this is what we're going to stick with. Yeah, I guess that's what's going to happen, but you you just never know if things have gone. Yeah, I think that's about the only way you can do it. Um, I don't, it's just like all of this coronavirus stuff changes daily. It's just like the goalposts keep moving. Like it was like, okay, two weeks, quarantine will be fine. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, we're going to take a month. And then it's like every single day they like back it up like another two weeks to a month. So it's, if we're going to have the NBA, it's going to get backed up so far where it's basically just like, okay, it's time to hit the playoffs. And if that's the case, I know Kevin Durant had the coronavirus, but is there a chance it gets pushed so far back that Durant's able to come back and maybe uh, make a difference in the East? I was thinking about putting a little future bet on them winning the championship because it's like plus 8,000. What do you guys think about that? Uh, I don't don't think he'd be in shape for that. I don't think they'd put a stress through that. I think they'd just shut him down. I I don't know. That's a a whole other conversation. I feel like we'd have to get a date before we really dove into that. Yeah, I don't think that's a possibility, but I think if they delayed it as long enough for him to come back and make a return, I think at that point they would just have to cancel the season because you're not only carving – you're not only pushing back this year – but then next year you're going to have to start late. So depending on when the season finishes up, I mean, training camp starts at the end of September. Then you start; they start the season in the middle of October. I mean, they push that back so far, they're really just going to shoot themselves in the foot next year with less games in the regular season, um, maybe even looking at starting the season in like January. So I think if they don't have this settled out by June, I think they just need to be like, okay, we're going to wipe this slate clean this, this season uh, you know, even though we played seventy five percent of the games, it, it's it's done. It's a shame because we are definitely winning the championship this year, honestly. Like does does any of you guys have any doubts that we we're gonna win the championship? You know, it's been so long since I've seen basketball now and I know it's only been like a week, but it just feels like it's been so long. I couldn't even name three guys on the Pacers right now, I feel like that's how far away it seems and I I'm not even thinking about it now because I, I don't want it's ever going to happen. So I would guess we probably would not have won in that 4-5 or five matchup, getting the Bucks in the second round, but it, it's just kind of sucks. All right, so this brings me to my next question for you, and uh, we're talking about the seeding here in the playoffs for the NBA. What do you guys think about this idea? And, you know, I've had no nothing but time to think, especially since last week, after my exam, all my thoughts and everything was focused on that. But now we're at the point where there's nothing to do with the house, and uh, all I can do is think about dumb, dumb stuff like this. So um, first things first, I do want to say I, I have been playing NBA 2K, so this might have been where I've been thinking of ideas like this. And I've built a franchise with the New York Knicks. Um, right now I'm, I'm in the uh, NBA Finals. I'm going to play against the Clippers, so i got to finish that when I get home. Um, build a, just a complete, you know, you know, powerhouse with the Knicks, um, in my, in my game. But anyways, this is what got me to start thinking about this. Um, so the NBA has talked about, you know, a play in for the seven and eight seeds in both conferences. Why not do that here? And I'm not, I, I'm not thinking of this all the way through. It's just an idea. Why not play? Seven, eight, nine, ten. You stop it there. So the seventh seed plays the ten seed. Eight plays the nine. You do a single game tournament between both of them. Uh, seventh seed obviously has home court advantage throughout the whole tournament. So in this case, it would be the Nets. Um, they play against each other in a tournament um, style, whatever. And then the winner and the runner-up of that end up representing the seven and eight seeds. Meanwhile the top six seeds play, you know, kind of like preseason games to get back into shape for the playoffs against those other eliminated teams 
uh, just to get their feet wet and get back into game action. So, like I said, haven't thought this all the way through, but it's kind of fun to think of, you know, dumb stuff like this to pass the time. Yeah, you got a lot of time on your hands, it sounds like. <laughs> that's, that's something I could definitely see them looking at. Just give everyone a fair shot and give everyone basketball. They've been desperately missing and anything on TV. Like, I've just downloaded the TVG app. I'm, I'm about to start horse gambling, and who knows? I'll probably download it and I'll probably stop horse races altogether as well. So <laughs> I tried a little my hand at the stock market trading when I was bored this week. Lost probably a hundred bucks playing that game. So I mean, there's no good games to play right now. So anything that we can think of to keep our hopes going, I enjoy. And and the Chris Cook system sounds amazing to me. Yeah, I I actually think that's a good idea, Cook. But it's just like it's just funny how like we have nothing to do. Like Hawk said, I've I've been betting on Mexican soccer games. Like I've been betting on rugby. I bet on the weird like i bet on darts like what are our lives coming to i mean i i literally like i can't even fathom i can't even fathom that we're doing this and like you sitting there playing 2k like first off you pick the knicks which congrats on building them into a dynasty but like it's it's kind of weird like our whole world our whole world is upside down to the point where it's fun to think of possible ways for the NBA to actually like play basketball this year. I actually like the idea. I don't know if it's feasible, but I don't know. Cook, would you rather do that or just like get started right into the playoffs with like eight teams, the, the eight team set? Um, I would just at least try. I mean, they're gonna have. They can't. They're gonna have to do something. I feel like they can't just go right into it. Like you can't just play right away, and it's the playoffs. Like they gotta get some like preseason games or something like that. So that's the only reason why I thought of that. First off, um, I think that they're gonna have to get a couple games on their belt, get that rust off, because these guys are gonna end up taking two or three months off. I think that's that's the only reason why I think that's a decent idea. Um, but I mean, it's gonna be. I, I don't know where they go from here. It's going to be tough, in my opinion. And I want the Pacers to be back, obviously. But if they're going to push this thing to June, I think they should just get rid of the season and move on to next year. That's Zion's year next year, baby. Yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be Zion's year next year. I mean, he's... Definitely not going to be fat as hell after being quarantined for a month and a half eating gumbo. I'm sure he'll come back in the best shape of his life. He's only eating kale and spinach, but he's been running all over New Orleans. I've seen the videos. Okay. All right, well, I just, like, a part of me just wants this to play out, though, because Brogdon's going to be healthy. Oladipo's going to be healthy. Like, I honestly think we can make some noise in the East. And then, I mean, I wish we would have signed Lance, but, I mean, like, I'm just excited for that. Like I would watch, I would watch NBA D League games so hardcore if that was on. I'm just so like I need sports. This is so bad. Like I feel like I'm just like addicted to sports now, and the fact that I don't have it, I, I mean I'm getting the shakes. It's just terrible. It's gotten to the point where I went on to DraftKings today, and they already have bets out with the spread, not even money line or anything like that. Actually, the money line is on there. So you have the money line and the spread for college football games at the end of August. Big games. They have that already out. So they're, these gambling sites that had just opened up in Indiana a few months ago are hurting for some of your cash. They want it. They want it right now. So they're willing to give you uh, the spread and money line odds for a game that happens five months from now. I mean, that's just insane. Oh, that is pretty wild. I didn't even realize that was going on. And yeah, I, I just saw it today, and I'm, I'm pulling it up right now as we speak. Yeah, give us some lines. Maybe we can predict something in the future. So we got August 29th, college football, Notre Dame at Notre Dame. They play Navy. The spread is at minus 15.5 for uh, Notre Dame. Um, and on the money line, Notre Dame is minus 1,000. Yeah, give me Notre Dame and the points there. Fuck it. Uh, next up, we got Michigan. They play at Washington. They are minus two and a half favorites there. Uh, On the road against Washington? What do you think, Jake? I, the more, I mean, Chris Peterson, wait, 
I don't even know. Chris Peterson might retire. Actually, it doesn't matter because Jim Harbaugh is such a terrible coach. Like, I I mean, that offense is going to be terrible. I think I'm going to go with Washington. Give me the points. Yeah, Give me Washington. Washington. I'll do a little parlay here. Dude, right, yeah, they they have they have the games out to November. They have games through November, just like big games. So here's another one that's pretty interesting. Um, let me. I just found it and I just scrolled off of it. So give me, bear with me for. Se- All right, September twelfth, Louisville goes to play at Clemson, plus twenty three and a half. Oh, Louisville at Clemson. I I feel like you gotta take Clemson there, just historically knowing what I know about. Clemson, there's no more Lamar Jackson at Louisville. Absolutely. I would definitely go Clemson. The only Chris, the only thing is you said that big games are on there, so give me some Purdue lines because they play nothing but big games. Yeah, they're not on here. Um, but I, I, do, I do have a lock for you here right now. Go ahead and take it. November 28th, right after Thanksgiving, Ohio State, in Ohio State, or in Ohio, in the state of Ohio, Jesus, man. They play Michigan minus eight and a half. You slam the minus eight and a half on Ohio State right now. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I love it. Um. Anyways, go ahead. What do you think they're gonna do? I had some future bets put in for the NBA. I had Rookie of the Year. I had NBA Champion bets. Do you think I'm gonna get those back if they cancel the season? Or you think? They're gonna pocket that or give me a voucher. What do you think? I think they'll give you those back. They they they're pretty good about that. And if they don't, they'll at least give you free bets. So I I think you'll get those back for sure. Do you think they would keep a rookie of the year MVP award given out if they cancel the season or no? Um, I I think the NBA will still do awards. Uh, I think they'll just stop it even if they do. And I think the I think they'll stick with awards. They just won't have a champion. Um. I, I think they'll still go with that, and, and if that's the case, they're, you're definitely not getting your money back. Agreed. Here, I have one last thing while we're on this topic. Um, if you get on FanDuel, this is how desperate people are, like the actual fan, not the not the sportsbook FanDuel, but the actual FanDuel. You can actually put in a FanDuel lineup, and they run a simulator. And so, like, you could buy Trey Young for ten thousand dollars, and then the whole rest of your roster. They run a simulator, and then whoever has the most points after the simulation wins. Like, that's how desperate we are. We're talking about computers. Like, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah, that's that's just stupid. Um, put any on. What'd you say? <laughs> We're having bad mic. Uh, back and forth because we're all trying to talk at once, but I just wanted to know if you actually put any money in that because you know I might get bored enough where I would do a little simulation gambling. I- I'm not against it. Oh, I know. I-, I put a couple hundred down, like no doubt about it. You just got to roll with it. I mean, computers have never computers have never treated me wrong in the past. So I mean, I pretty much just like I, I just got good at gambling. Like I had just got there. Like I was on fire. And then the coronavirus screwed me. So now I'm just going to straight computer simulations and, and just praying for the best. So, yeah, I, I mean, I've put some money down. Hawk throwing the big weight around. But you, you just got to just gotta kind of let the computers do what they do. And what at, day do you oh. feel comfortable enough to hang out with me so we can get a settle settle in? Do we have to wait till next week? Um, so for those of you who don't know, like we were all going to go to Hawk's house today and do the podcast. But, however – my mom had a liver transplant um, quite a few years ago, and she's very – like, she gets sick. Like, if one of us sneezes, she gets a cold. Like, it's really bad. With coronavirus stuff going around and the fact that Hawk was just traveling the world and partying, like, I just – I couldn't make it work. So, Hawk, I think probably maybe late next week we might be talking. You might be onto something. Yeah, yeah, let's set that up. Maybe we'll gamble on that on the side as well. Okay, I like it. Let's do it. Uh, you can also go ahead and start betting on NFL futures right now, Hawk. Um, you can bet the Colts to win the AFC South plus one fifty. <laughs> plus one fifty. Yep, they have the best odds in the division over the Titans. Really? Jesus. And you can bet. So we just we just talked about NFL free agency, though. Yeah, just one moment. I, I do want to go over these. They have futures out there, so you can go ahead and vote for it, or you can bet on MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. And they have uh, also for the draft. You can put bets in for the draft. 
So you can put bets in for first overall pick, um, team to draft player. So you, they give you a player, and you pick the team that's going to be that's going to draft him. And then also the draft position, you can do the over-under on that and the pick-by-position. So people are getting desperate right now with their gambling, it looks like, and the NFL draft is going to be a good spot for people uh, that miss gambling to do so. Yeah, I wonder if they have, like, live lines on that. I'm sure they will because there's nothing else going on. Yeah. I can't wait to bet on the NBA, or the, sorry, the NFL draft. I think it's going to be so fun. Um it is weird to think about. Like, I would not even be thinking about the NFL draft right now because it's March Madness week. But it, it's kind of interesting to see how like creative these sports books have gotten, uh, just to give people basically just enough to wet people's beaks, basically. All right, Hawk. I'm gonna we'll we'll get in the Colts first first uh, trade here in just a second. But the big deal from yesterday we're gonna talk about first. Old Phil Rivers. Uh, a guy who's been hated by the city of Indianapolis for years. Uh, based based on the playoff games where the Chargers came in here and beat us, and then they beat us when we played in San Diego. So he's always seemed to have our had our number. And he has joined the Colts now on a one-year, $25 million contract. Old Phil is getting in a bus, plane, whatever it may be. He's hauling his nine kids and his wife, so 11 of them total. And he's bringing them all to the city of Indianapolis. Probably going to enroll them in a nice indie school there. So, uh, what were your thoughts on the deal? We we had you know over the past couple weeks, we kind of got the idea that this was going to happen. Um, my initial thought was I just was hoping it wasn't multiple years. So to see it being a one year deal, I think was you know it's a it's no risk whatsoever in my eyes. So what do you think? Yeah, if we're looking at just what happened, take Philip Rivers out of it, our hatred for him, our smugness, the way he never cusses. He's not the most likable person, but he is a competitor, and he is someone that, you know, he leaves it all out there. And from Jacoby to him, I still think it's an upgrade, even with the years. And, you know, the Colts obviously think it's an upgrade from the way they pay him. So now we're going to have to move on from Jacoby, hopefully in Hoyer, and get a little something back for him. Even if it's a late-round pick, you know, Ballard's proven he can make those picks something useful. So I'm not worried about that. I think it's an upgrade. And what we had on the table was one year of Jacoby, draft a young guy, 13th pick, you're going to miss out. You might have to trade up, give away some assets. Instead, let's trade that pick, get a great defensive player, and then bring Phil Rivers in here and get comfortable. And now through the draft, I think you got to get a couple wide receivers maybe spend a little money on a wide receiver, get him weapons. Make If we're going to do this, let's make sure it works. Because, you know, Ebron, he's not here anymore. He's a problem that with dropping balls. We need the opposite of Ebron's. We need steady guys, fast guys that can fit in Reich's system. And I think it can work. And if you put the player back into it with Rivers, always hated Rivers. He was probably my top five least favorite quarterbacks of all time. But now he's an indie. He's my asshole. And, and I'm on the bandwagon officially. And, and before we go on there, I do want to say, so, so you mentioned Brissett there. And, I mean, he had a, he had a decent season there before he got hurt. Nothing spectacular. Yeah, nothing spectacular, but he was serviceable. And, I mean, the guy got put in a very bad position uh, with luck retiring weeks before the season. So he was kind of just thrown in there, didn't expect to be the starter. Um, and when I'm looking at these, and, and yeah, Phil Rivers had a real bad season last season, and I think part of that was, you know, due to his poor offensive line. Uh, but look how many, and he obviously had way more passing attempts than Jacoby, but he threw for 4,600 yards last year. Uh, Brissett only threw for 2,900, and also he threw for five more touchdowns, but he also threw for 14 more interceptions than Brissett did. So he's going to take a lot of chances. He's going to get picked off a lot. But I think I think it was worth it because at this point in time, I don't think they saw that anybody in the draft really realistically was a, at least in at you know 13 overall was going to be somebody going forward that was the franchise. Yeah, and I think with that defense specifically, I mean, we were in a lot of those games over the last couple of years that, you know, could have gone either way. And if – yeah, I remember one game Jacoby saved us out of the pocket. and That was really the only game he did that. So 
I have no problem with going in a different direction. We kind of saw the writing on the wall. But this team, they beat both teams that were in the AFC Championship game. They beat the Super Bowl champion. So you can't tell me that the cupboard's bare. I mean, bringing this in, bringing a defensive player like that, and with this draft coming up, I think we're a playoff team, no doubt. All right, before we get into Buckner, let's hear what Coach Light has to say about Phil Rivers. I really wanted you guys to talk about Buckner first because I absolutely love that trade for the Colts. I actually loved it for the 49ers as well. However, the Phillip Rivers signing, I get it. I get what's going on. I do think he is an upgrade over Brissett. Um, I think Brissett regressed kind of as the year went on. Part of that, um, the weapons weren't great for the Colts last year. Um, but and the injury. He got an injury. And, and, okay, and injury. However... Like Hawk mentioned, you got to go out and get weapons for these guys. Uh, the Colts are very fortunate. Um, they do have they have a good tight end, Jack Doyle. Um, Ty should be uh, much more healthy going into this season. And this draft class is absolutely loaded with talent at the receiver position. Um, at one point, um, there had been about thirty four, I think thirty four wide receivers with a second or first, second or third round grade. According to Daniel Jeremiah of the NFL uh, NFL.com, so they do have an opportunity to get better. However, I think the Colts are headed kind of to that no good quarterback purgatory spot where they're just going to keep getting these old quarterbacks. Like Rivers is clearly not the answer long term. Um, I, I'm just kind of worried that the Colts are are not going to find that franchise quarterback now that they've kind of dipped into this kind of one to two year deal with older older guys. I mean. They're going to end up being. They're going to end up picking. I would say mid uh, to later in the first round for the next couple of years, and it's hard to find a, a stud quarterback uh, drafting there. So I guess my I, I don't love Rivers. I, I love Rivers in the offense. I love the idea of Rivers. He's going to take chances. Um, he is certainly an upgrade over Brissett. But my reservations would be um, for you guys w- would be within the next year or two. You gotta you gotta find a young quarterback that's ready to take over, and I'm not sure. You're going to be able to do it drafting where you guys are drafting. So I guess my question to you guys. I disagree there a little bit. I think okay. Lamar yeah, Jackson proves that wrong. Patrick Mahomes was not a top five pick by any means. Gardner Minshew was serviceable. I mean, there's talent there. Oh, you just got to be able to find it and hopefully have the right system to fit some of those guys. You well, know, not everyone's getting a, a Trevor Lawrence next year. So I think a first-round draft pick is still valuable for a quarterback, and hopefully next year we get one in that regard. But with the quarterback purgatory thing, I said that last year when we signed Brissett. I figured we'd just keep being in this limbo, but I do think Rivers is good enough to at least for this next year get us into the playoffs, and then we'll have a late-round draft pick similar to what Baltimore had when they got Lamar Jackson. I don't know if there's Lamar Jackson out there for next year. I'm just saying you can't just say there's not. Because teams have found quarterbacks recently in the later first round. I mean, yeah, Hawk completely agree. Pat Mahomes was, I believe, the number ten overall pick, um, and Lamar Jackson is Lamar. I mean, he had he had his doubters. They, I mean, the Ravens completely changed their offense, and Gardner Minshew was good, but I mean, he kind of tailed off. I, I just meant like when I think of the Colts, I think of stud quarterback play. I mean, you have Peyton Manning. Uh, and Andrew Luck, like that position was so solid for years. I just think it's going to be difficult to find that stud quarterback. I mean, obviously, if you have an earlier pick in the first round, you have a better, I think we'd all agree you have a better chance of finding that rock solid stud franchise quarterback. I just think you're, yeah, but you're just losing. as many, I feel like just as many of those top guys are end up being bust too. You're like, you just never know. No, I, no, I agree with that as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I look at Baker Mayfield. And I was going to bring him up, actually. Yeah, like if you go to a, if you go to a, if you go to a team that just doesn't have a good foundation around them, I mean, it makes it really difficult. I personally think the Colts have a great foundation. So I think if, I mean, if they would have stayed put at thirteen, which I think they made a good trade in getting Buckner, I think they could have made some noise by trading up and getting somebody like Herbert or Tua, and they would have been just fine for years to come. Well, I just, I just think it's going to be difficult for them. It's going to be harder for them to find that quarterback if they're drafting later. I think we can all let's, agree it's let's harder not, not Let's not forget here, the they also have the number 34 and number 44 overall pick in the second round. Right. They also right, have, a, have their third round pick. So, I mean, they have two good picks in the second round. 
not saying that a quarterback's going to fall, but they have the assets to, if they wanted to trade up and they a guy's still on the board, they could certainly do that. And I think a guy that really fits what they want to do is Jake, Jake Fromm. Um, he's kind of underwhelming. I'm not sure he's a true franchise quarterback, but he's a young guy that kind of has those traits that uh, Frank Reich's looking for. Uh, and at Georgia, they just really didn't do much with him. Uh, they just ran the ball with DeAndre Swift and a couple of the other stud running backs they've had the past couple of years. So I really think Jake Fromm is a fit the second round. Um, and I think I think if the Colts drafted him and a receiver kind of to start their draft, I think they'd be on the right track. Yeah, I wouldn't hate Fromm at all. All right, now getting into the Colts' actual uh, an even bigger move uh, than Phillip Rivers. Obviously, Phillip Rivers is the bigger name here, but the big move they made, trading away their uh, first-round pick, number 13 overall, to the San Francisco 49ers for DeForest Buckner. Uh, defensive end there, and uh, he went to Oregon, was drafted in 2016 by the 49ers. In the first round, he was the seventh overall pick, so... Buckner's had a pretty solid career here to start in his first four years. Uh, he has total amount of 28 and a half sacks. Um, so definitely going to be an asset there on the line for defensive line for the Colts. Um, so I'll let, uh, I'll let Jake go in first on this one since he's watched this, the 49ers a lot and has some insight on more insight on this guy. So why did you like this trade for both teams? Okay. I think this is one of those rare situations. Both teams win the deal. Um, I, I think for the Colts, the, the, what I watch, I'm forced to watch the Colts, you know, obviously living in Indiana. But I, I think the one thing the Colts really needed was a three tech, um, a defensive tackle that plays in the three hole there in the, as a three tech. They needed somebody that's a disruptor. Um, one thing I noticed, especially this is this is going to be huge for when they play teams like Tennessee and when they play teams like Kansas City that have certain running schemes. Um, they get offensive linemen out on Darius Leonard um, pretty quickly. Um, DeForest, you can't do that if you have DeForest Buckner in the three tech. The three tech is what's going to make the Colts defense so much better, and DeForest Buckner is easily easily the second best three tech in the league. Only, only slightly behind Aaron Donald. I was super pumped for my Colts, uh, my Colts fans here that um, that that got him. It only cost him pick thirteen, and uh, yeah, he got paid a massive deal. But the thing that he can do is he can collapse the pocket uh, from the interior. He is really good with his hands, um, and he really attacks hips, and he, he can dip. Um, he doesn't have to use a swim move, obviously, on the interior of the offensive line, uh, or sorry, defensive line. You don't want to use too many swim moves. He can get to the quarterback. So when you're playing a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, you get Mahomes off that spot and make life a lot harder on him. Uh, and against teams like Tennessee, they're going to have to double him out, which is going to allow uh, players like Darius Leonard to fill the hole um, and meet uh, Derek Henry at the line of scrimmage rather than two to three yards down the field. I think it's absolutely huge for the Colts. I think it was a brilliant move by Ballard, honestly. I, I, can't, I can't speak on it uh, enough and praise it enough. I think Buckner, um, he's the best player on the Colts now. He, he truly is. He's the best player the Colts have on their roster. Yeah, I like oh, I like hearing all that for sure. And I think him in the interior, and then hopefully Toure coming off the injury as a young guy, they've wanted to work in for a while. And then Houston uh, next to him, I think those three down linemen are going to be, you know, a lot better than what we had two years ago. So I'm excited, a hundred percent. Yeah, and, and, and just to, just to speak on the 49ers side of it, I mean, you're wondering, well, how can the 49ers win this trade? If, if they just gave up the second-best three-tech in the league um, and they only got pick 13 back, well, here's how they win the trade. They just they just paid Eric Armstead five years, $85 million, another stud defensive lineman. And you can't wrap up um, you know, almost $200 million in defensive linemen, especially when you're going to have to pay Bosa in a few years who's going to command a $100 million contract. So for, for them to get out of having to pay that extension to Buckner while – still having the pieces behind Buckner to fill in and you get pick 13 where you could target one of those stud receivers um, like Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs 
I mean, it's just a great deal for both teams. And one, I think it's it's two of the best GMs in the league coming together and making both teams better. And uh, I was super impressed with the deal for both sides. Yep. Chris, kind of thoughts? No, you guys pretty much hit the nail on the head there. So uh, I haven't watched much of him, but I was excited to see that, you know, they did something productive, it looks like. And that was an area that they struggled at last season, and they've seemed to struggle at for some years. So it's, it's good to see that, you know, they're, they're just building up this defense and hopefully, you know, not saying it's going to be a powerhouse, but turning it into, um, you know, a solid defense going forward, something that we, we haven't seen from the Colts, you know, throughout the years. Um, but the I think n- the Colts have a top 10 defense next year. Wow. What do you think I about really that, Hawk? I think, I think he's going to make all the difference. They're going to, they're going to add a pass rusher, and it's just going to make their secondary, I mean, way better than they were last year just by getting the quarterback. I, I really think the Colts have the opportunity to be a top 10 defense. And I hate the Colts, so you know I'm telling the truth. Yeah, what other moves? I know they re-signed uh, Costanzo. Have they done anything else? Have we heard any rumors about the Colts? Um, I did see a rumor here today that uh, not really a big move, but they were interested in signing uh, Delaney Walker, tight end from the Tennessee Titans. So I don't know how much traction that's getting, but I have seen that report. Um, other than that, I don't really, I haven't really heard anything. But my my hope is, and I know that they might plan on addressing this in the draft, or at least they're going to have to if they don't. I mean, they're going to have to look and, and add another weapon on the the offensive side of the ball. They got to bring in another receiver. I, I can't deal with another year of Chester Rogers. I, I can't deal with it. Uh, Pascal, I like. Uh, I can deal with him. He's a solid number three receiver, but. Come on, we got we got to get, especially with the injury history on this team, we got to go out there um, and, and get another receiver on this on this roster. You you can't be rolling out Chester Rogers and some practice squad guys in the middle of the season. I I can't deal with those drops anymore. I have a I have a name for you guys that I think would be great for the Colts at the beginning of round two. Um, and I actually am not his last name. You can pronounce it several different ways, but uh, Brandon Ayuk. I believe is how you pronounce it, from Arizona State. He's got that big body that the Colts really need to complement T.Y. Hilton and uh, and can really separate on the outside. And I think uh, I think in a normal year he'd be a mid-first-round pick. He still might this year. I think a team could fall in love with him. But it's players like that who could fall due to so many great receivers being in this draft that the Colts could really uh, utilize with the, at the top of the second round. And I wouldn't be shocked if a guy like Jerry Judy starts falling if the Colts made a move to go get him, I think he's by far and away the best receiver in the draft. The Colts have the assets to make this all better. And uh, it's guys like Brandon Yuck that I think could really make a difference at, at the top round too. Yeah, I don't hate that either. Um, my qu- my question before I get into the next topic, is the seven-team playoff from each conference start next year or is it the year after? I think it's, I think it's the year after. I, th- I thought it was next year, Hawk. Uh, yeah, I, is that 100%? Can someone no, can, can someone confirm that for me while I'm moving on? But I, I think that's the case. I think it is next year, and then I think the year after that's when they add the additional game. Maybe. That's what I thought. Yeah, too, 2020 it says. So each conference will be getting – an additional team. I believe that there's only going to be one team that qualifies for the bye. Um, so the second seed will have to play in, in the first round, however they got that set up. So that'll be interesting to see. I don't really see there being a need for it, but, I mean, it's just another way for them to get the Cowboys in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, I think we won one more game this year, and we're maybe right in that spot. So it's definitely going to lead to more playoff football, which is never a bad thing. I, th- I think it's overall a good thing. Yeah. All right, next next topic here, uh, one that's been addressed on every sports show that you've seen, all about on Twitter, but, I mean, it's big news, so obviously we're going to have to mention it at least. Don't know how long you want to talk about it, but Tom Brady leaving the Patriots, posted the Instagram post yesterday that says he's gone, he's out of here. Um, so he announced that on uh, – what is – he announced that on Tuesday morning. I'm, I'm losing track of my days due to this this quarantine. I don't even know what day it is. Anyways, uh, he announced that in the morning. Later on in the evening, it was announced he's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
switching conferences, going to play for Bruce Arians, taking over for Jameis Winston. So uh, how surprised were you that he left? I wasn't really that shocked that he did leave. I, I thought that was going to happen. Um, but I'm kind of more shocked that he's going to play in Tampa Bay. I mean, the weapons are there. Don't get me wrong. He's He's got some good players on the offensive side of the ball. I, it just seems like a weird fit to me, probably mostly because I can't imagine him in a Buccaneers jersey. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's definitely going to be strange seeing him in that orange creamsicle Buccaneers and watching those cannons. And the Bucs are going to have a lot of prime times games, so – we're going to get very annoyed quickly, but the weapons speak for themselves. I think of all the teams looking, us, them, the Chargers, I think they were the most set for him on offense at least. You know, a lot of people figured he'd go to L.A. just because, you know, the lifestyle and the good weather and Tom Brady's a pretty boy. But I think this is his best fit, and it's it's definitely going to be weird and strange. What do you think, Jake? Yeah, I, I think it's a it's a pretty uh, pretty good fit with Bruce Arians, who has coached uh, several Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Manning, Luck, uh, and uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I, I think that they they'll be fine. I'm not sure. Uh, kind of speaking from a fantasy perspective here, I'm not sure if guys like Mike Evans are are going to see a big uptick. In numbers, just because he, he relies so much on the deep ball, and Brady, quite frankly, doesn't throw a good deep ball. Uh, certainly not anymore, and he, that was never a strong suit. So I think wow. the Bucks will be better just simply because Brady won't turn the ball over near as much as Jameis Winston. But um, I was I was a little surprised. I, I kind of thought maybe the Chargers uh, would jump in and, and get him, get Brady. But I think this kind of helps us when we make our uh, draft bets. I, I think it's a pretty good bet that the Chargers might be a team that's going to trade up for Tua or Herbert now. So maybe using our knowledge here, we can make some money for our listeners. Yeah, and what do we think about Jameis? Because is he going to go anywhere? I think he's going to have to. I think he he needs to go to a team and and uh, and really prove his worth and win a quarterback competition. I mean, he's clearly one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the NFL to me. Um, but guys like him and Cam Newton, I mean, they're going to be left without a seat at the table. I mean, they're going to have to take a pay cut. And uh, I just – I don't know. I don't know where he's going to go. I, I can't think of a fit right off the top of my head. Can you guys? It seems like uh, – The Bears just got Nick Foles, so that's out. I, I can't think of one either. I, I what think... about Jacksonville? That's an option. I think, and hear me out on this, even though they took him in the first round last year, he seems like a Washington Redskin for some reason. He just seems like he Ooh, that's, that's where he would go. One. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, Washington and Jacksonville are two good fits, I think, as well. But even good fits, I mean, they're not necessarily good fits because we both know Jameis Winston is going to throw 30 interceptions. <laughs> and I think, and I think if Washington's willing to go to Jameis Winston – you stay at two and you pick Tua. To, to me, I, I think I, I just I think Cook's on the right track. Obviously, they they do not have a stable quarterback room, um, but I, I just I don't see many natural fits. I don't think I think Bill Belichick would literally kill Jameis Winston uh, because of all the turnovers. I, I just think it would be terrible. Maybe a team like Miami, but you you got to think the Miami Dolphins are looking at quarterback in round one. So. I don't know. I, I think Cam Newton's in, in even a worse spot because the team's going to have to trade for him, and I don't think it's going to happen. I think the, the Panthers are going to have to release him. So there's a lot of quarterbacks that need suitors, but not a lot of suitors that need quarterbacks. And then, like yeah, I'm looking at other deals here, just browsing through. Stephon Diggs going from the Vikings to uh, the Bills. So they're getting even better there. Um the other one that the, obviously the big trade uh, that happened between the Texans and the uh, Cardinals, David Johnson going uh, to uh, Houston in exchange for DeAndre Hopkins, and I believe there was a pick involved. So, uh, I mean, it was just a complete baffling move. So, what were your thoughts on that? It se- just seems like the Texans are um, they they've been the AFC South champion here of recent, but. I mean, things just don't seem to – it doesn't seem like they're going to be trying to compete making a deal like that. I mean, it's just odd. 
Yeah, Bill O'Brien makes a lot of these weird moves. I mean, a guy like David Johnson, he had a great start to his career. Injury has been on a downward spiral ever since. Last year, you would hope he made a rebound. Didn't really show it, especially in the second half. So his value alone shouldn't even get you close to DeAndre Hopkins, in my opinion. I don't care what pick you throw in. DeAndre Hopkins is a top five receiver in this league. So shout out to the Cardinals. Just taking advantage. I wish the Colts would have moved in somewhere. Maybe Jack Doyle for DeAndre Hopkins and a pick. I think that maybe would have got it done. I mean, seriously, though, I mean, Bill O'Brien is just terrible. If you look at the the going rate for a star receiver is clearly, at the very least, a first-round pick. Not only did he not get a first-round pick, he got a second-round pick, but he also took on that albatross of a contract that David Johnson had. David Johnson's going to be making, like, 16 mil a year over the next two years. I mean, 16 mil a year in the next two years. Like, it's, it's just... It's just mind-boggling. I mean, you couldn't have – like, I wouldn't have traded a seventh-round pick for David Johnson. And not only did he take on David Johnson, he didn't even get a first-round pick with it. It's just baffling. Um, And it makes the Arizona Cardinals so much better. It's crazy. So they still have their first-round pick, and they have the, like, second or third-best receiver in the NFL. It's just crazy. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I'm looking at – the day the Stefan Diggs move, so I think he's the other, you know, big name receiver that not really big name, but probably one of the better receivers that's moved. He got traded yeah. for multiple picks, like that were he, the haul they got that the uh, the Vikings got for him was significantly better than the haul that the Texans got for a very way better receiver. Well, at least they have Will Fuller, right? He never gets hurt. <laughs> this is true. Who's yeah, uh, I can't even name another one of the receivers right now, I don't think. Who's Jordan oh, Schultz? Do you guys know who Jordan oh, Schultz Kiki is? Oh, Kiki Cootie. You can't forget about Cootie. Yep, never have, never will. Do you guys know who Jordan Schultz is? Insider analyst for ESPN, co-host of the pull-up pod with CJ McCollum. I, I do not know who it is. I always see him commenting on the ESPN stuff. So, he uh, he just him. followed us on Twitter. That's why I ask. So I don't know. Maybe he's trying to get us on the podcast with CJ. I don't know. Yeah, it would make a lot of sense. That's a big fan move. Uh, I wish he'd kind of keep his distance in these in these dark times. So, Oh, Malcolm Jenkins signed a big deal. He's, he's going to the Saints. Malcolm Jenkins going back home to the Saints. And then Jason Witten's going to be a Raider. I mean, the NFL is going to be a strange league next Marcus year. Marcus Mariota also going to be a Raider. Yeah. Did we even mention Nick Foles to the Bears? I think we did, but my God, I mean, everybody's moving. This has got to be the craziest NFL offseason we've seen in quite some time. We needed it so bad. Yeah, it really feels that way, especially with the quarterbacks moving. What about the Browns, boys? The Browns making a couple moves. I know we – Guessing we weren't going to talk about them on purpose, but Browns no. getting a getting a top flight right tackle, trading for one of the best fullbacks in the league, which is huge in Stefanski's offense, and uh, getting Austin Hooper. So now we can run our two tight end sets, which will allow us to have good play action passing game, uh, which is what Baker's best at. So boys, well, what do we think about that? I'll let you handle. I'll let you handle this one, Hawk, because I don't care. Yeah, I think uh, we'll see a little regression out of the Browns this year. I think last year was their high-level season, <laughs> the best season they've had a couple millenniums. So I, I wouldn't expect anything much from the Browns. If I was if I was putting my money in that camp, I would, I would withdraw it early. In all, in all honesty, I have to talk about the Browns because I just have to like get it out of my system. But in all honesty, they'll be much better on offense. I, hopefully the, the left tackle, I really want Andrew Thomas out of Georgia at 10, natural left tackle. That would really solidify the offensive line. But literally, the team has zero safeties on the roster and no nickelback. Um, and I'm not talking about the band, boys. No nickelback. Um, so it's just, it's kind of stressing me out. I trust Andrew Barry. He's, he's like a year older than me. Um, he's the youngest GM in the league. Uh, so I, I'm just waiting on a couple days to pass so we can start doing some bargain hunting to fill out the rest of the roster. But really liking what we're doing early here, boys. I'm thinking uh, thinking Baker's going to take a big jump in uh, in season three here with a competent head coach and a good offensive line. <laughs> I can't get much worse than last coach. So I, I, maybe they'll get seven wins again. You never know. 
Team... I'm thinking. I'm thinking more like ten this year, boys. Yeah. Really? Are we trying to put a bet on that right now? Do it. Do it. Uh, yeah. Let's do a bet right now. Oh yeah. Hey. Also, while we're on this, um, I'm gonna order a Go God jersey shirt, and I- I'm gonna pay my bet off by walking down US 31 with my sign. And now's the only time I can. If I don't do it now, I'm never gonna do it. I literally have nothing going on in life. Speaking of I'm Goga, perfect. I'd like to. What do you guys think about Goga? I think you know, I really, worst luckily I haven't thought about him much lately. <laughs> um, all right. So I mean, that's that's really the the main points of the show. I guess the last thing while we close here is, you know, uh, the report came out Kevin Durant with the coronavirus. You got several players who got it. Uh, Rudy Gobert being the first one. Kind of Rudy Gobert's coronavirus, uh, you know, that just really set the world on fire, and that's what's happened ever since then. All these sports have been canceled. So, um, what do you think about these big names people, you know, getting it? I mean, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal because, first off, those people can afford to get tests done, so that's why they know. And second off, most of us probably have it, and we just aren't showing symptoms. So. Do you do you get any uh, a benefit of seeing a you know big name player like Kevin Durant? Not really benefit, I shouldn't say. But what do you think about seeing a big name like that in the news for the coronavirus? Yeah, I don't think you want to wish sickness, especially the coronavirus, on anyone. So it, it sucks. But you know, for Rudy Gobert especially, that he kind of was asking for it, was he not? I mean, he's he been was. the martyr of this whole NBA situation, but the way he handled it, the reports that came out said he was spitting on teammates and like doing, giving people wet willies and stuff, just not taking anything serious at all. And then of course, Donovan Mitchell is the one that has to pay the price for all that nonsense. So, you know, as far as Kevin Durant, you know, it seems like Idris Elba, Tom Hanks, these big guys, these big names, they're going to get the media coverage, but it's like you said, I mean, most of us are probably going to get it or have it. So at the end of the day, it's going to be less and less shocking. I think. Yeah, and kind of to piggyback off what Hawk said, like, it's just spreading so fast. Like, what are the chances, like, we we don't have it or we haven't come into contact with it? It just seems like this is something that's going to pass. It's obviously super unfortunate for, um, you know, older people and and people with weaker immune systems. But if everyone, you know, does does their part and not go out and party and go on vacation – uh, to like Georgia or something stupid like that. I mean, I think we can really, we can really like head this off. What do you think, Hawk? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I still <laughs> encourage people to live their lives until the world is shut down because you're not going to be able to do it. And if you're going to get coronavirus, as long as you're not going to old people's house and coughing in their face and you're not a smoker every day, you're probably going to be all right from everything I've read and heard. So just be smart. Going to Georgia, not the best idea right now, but you know, sometimes you just gotta live moss. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, and I and I do think one last thing on this, like I, as I was obviously I work in a school system, and uh, I, you know, none, thankfully none of our students have uh, tested positive for the coronavirus. But you're just like watching all these kids like just kind of mingle, and, and you know, like there's the virus is in the building and obviously all the schools pretty much throughout the United States have shut down now, but it's just kind of scary to think about. You don't know who you've come into contact with, um, that could have it. And obviously it's just a lot of uncertainty and, and the United States seems to be going like super, 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 super conservative, canceling everything. And, um, I just saw half moon and Kokomo is, is not doing takeout any longer. So I'm kind of crying inside. It's just kind of crazy how, how quickly the world has changed over the course of the last week. Yeah. It's all, it all kind of puts it in perspective how fragile this whole system really is. And, you know, it's going to be hard for people being lonely and shit. So if you got somebody to talk to, just make sure you're talking to people and, you know, social distancing to an extent, but at the same time, you got to, you know, keep your mental state somewhat active, I think. Yeah, I yeah mean, it, you're, you're totally right there, but I do got to say lonely and shit. I think that's that's the uh, phrase here of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah last, last, last serious note, too, um, thinking about uh, our guy Jeremy W., who um, who has uh, been out of commission, been, been sick himself, obviously going through some serious stuff. Uh, it's guys like that who I'm, who I'm really praying for and hoping that um, – 
the coronavirus uh, stays out of their systems and out of their households. And um, I think that's it, it's it's people like Jeremy W that we we're staying in quarantine for. So hopefully Jeremy W is listening, and uh, I know we're all thinking about him. So. Yep, definitely. Shout out W. Yeah. Um, and speaking of W, um, the uh, and I made this proclamation on Twitter the other day without even asking you but the the plan is and you got to go it's mandatory we're going to do another if the nba comes back this season pacers are back uh even if it's the beginning of next year we'll figure it out whatever uh when the pacers are back we're doing another hooters night 100 percent. we have to yeah we have to we got to give our business back we can't have hooters closing down so we need to go to hooters we need to spend 100 to 200 dollars each wings beer give a nice tip we're definitely going to keep Hooters in business single-handedly. Yep, so that's the plan. Jeremy W. will definitely be there along with some other folks, but put that out on Twitter the other day. But obviously, once things settle down, we don't expect it to be anytime soon. But a couple months from now, if the NBA is back, just be on the lookout for that. We'll get something set up and definitely go down there for a Hooters night for Pacers game. So um, with that being said, that's all I got here on the list of topics today, unless you have something else you guys would like to add. Um, wash your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. Wash your hands. Yep. So that's gonna end this episode of the podcast. And uh, you guys stay safe, stay clean, and wash your damn hands. We'll see you guys soon.